It's the fastest two minutes in politics brought to you by Simona Imports. We start with the Swami, Vivek Ramaswamy, that is. He's now leading the Florida DeSantis by a score of 12 to 9%, but both are still well behind GOP conference leader Teflon Donald Trump. Next, we move to the West Coast, where a Chinese lab in California is trying to bring COVID back, 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 back. That's right. What was thought to be an empty warehouse is actually a Chinese lab containing over 900 lab mice and numerous infectious diseases. We go live to Dr. Fauci for his thoughts. You do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly, and I want to say that officially. And finally... We move to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, where the commanders in chiefs, a.k.a. Joe Biden, is on another bye week away from the White House. Meanwhile, his son Hunter has become the hunted. That's right, Hunter Biden's friend Devon Archer with crimes from the U, as in Ukraine. He's claiming that Hunter spoke to him while his father Joe was on the phone not one time, not two times, not ten times, but over twenty times. But Biden's defensive coordinator, Dan Goldman, claims Joe wasn't talking about business, only about their dinner entrees. And the mainstream media is eating up that narrative with a spoon because remember, nobody, and I mean nobody, circles the wagons like the loony left. Joe and Mark, we send it back to you. What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to episode number 67 of Thinking Logically. And you just heard an incredible fastest two minutes. It's back. Football's back. Joe, how you doing? There's a football game this week. How crazy is that? And what perfect timing because the country's going to need a distraction with everything that's going on. Football's back. We will have football now, what, every week until... Pretty much mid-February. Yeah. So, fish. Yeah. So that's good. Um, we're back. And uh, we have a great action-packed episode today. We have so much to talk about that's transpired in the last 72 hours or so. Uh, namely, with uh, Devin Archer, Hunter Biden, all this stuff. We had, a, we had an RFK spotting in South Carolina by one of our uh, friends of the program. So we'll get into that. Um, We had a underground Chinese lab uh, discovery somewhere in California. So we'll talk about that. So Joe, let's just get into it. Um, Devin Archer, uh, former best friend and business associate of Hunter Biden, testified uh, in a... Uh, closed door congressional testimony yesterday on Capitol Hill. Uh, Joe, just take us through this. For those of you listening that don't know who Devin Archer is, he is um, former business partner of Hunter Biden. No one probably knows the inner workings of what Hunter Biden has done in his life and his career, adult career, more than Devin Archer. So, Joe, What's your take on 
what we heard yesterday. Okay, so we're going to take our audience to the whole shebang because like we've talked privately, Mark, I've been following this for four years and it's confusing and forgetful to me sometimes. So we're going to have to go back, 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 all the way. I think 2019, I'm going to play an Axios video of, I forget the gentleman's name, interviewing Joe Biden talking about his son's business dealings and of all places, Ukraine understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money. I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was <laughs> it. And there's nobody. We well, have a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But that doesn't pass the smell test. Like when you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know no. what's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down some guardrails? Unless there was something that was... And there was something on his face that was wrong. There's nothing on his face that was wrong. So, look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. I mean, come on. This is... So, <laughs> these guys are amazing. So, you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. But you keep asking me these questions. It's okay. He, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do. But I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. Last one on this. Uh, say you're elected, you're in office. What guardrails would you have to be sure that your son, your brother Jimmy, doesn't uh, do anything to trade on the family name? They will not be engaged in any foreign business because of what's happened in this administration. No one's going to be seeking patents for things from China. No one's going to be engaged in that kind of thing. So no foreign business for direct relatives. Okay. so That didn't that age was, well. <laughs> no, that aged actually terribly. That might have been from early 2020. But look how it evolved. We've gone from Hunter never made money from Ukraine to Joe never knew he was making money or what he was doing there to, yeah, he was on the phone at the same time with his father's business associates to, they were just asking about dinner entrees, which we'll get to later. Now, keep in mind too, this is from DC Drano on Twitter. Um, remember, Joe Biden bragged about using 1 billion US tax dollars as leverage to fire a Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Hunter Biden and Burisma. Well, today, Devin Archer testified under oath that Burisma paid them to do it. And they did impeach. And I can, I mean, I can play the audio should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Keen, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to the press conference, and I said, I'm not going to give we're not going to give you the billion. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion dollars. I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked at it, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. So, again, just for just to hammer this home, and Mark, tell me if you disagree, he kind of implicates Obama there, too. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, because Obama had to have known about all this. Joe Biden was the vice president. 
So to say Obama didn't know is is kind of crazy. I mean, he was the president at the time. We'll we'll get to a tweet from clandestine in a little bit because he 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 basically said the same thing I was thinking out loud. Um, but let's let's move into the, the heart of this here. This is a text message from Devin Archer and Hunter Biden exchange, and it's a picture. It's I'm gonna laugh when I read the first part. It's Hunter to Devin Archer. Have you seen Cash App? Try using it. My co- try using my code, and we'll each get five dollars. And he gives the code. Any luck, buddy? And then Devin Archer. <laughs> Devin Archer replies back, I don't have a bank account. I can't do cash out. To which Hunter responds, okay, buddy, how did we go do last time? If it's an issue, no problem. We are going skiing today, and I just wanted some cash for lunch. Hoped the Adora money will hit today. Sorry to ask. This place is next to Wildchusetts. Have you been there before? It's a cool little MT. I don't know what that means. In which Devin Archer responds, why did why did your dad's administration appointees arrest me and try to put me in jail? Just curious. Some of our partners are asking out here. Why would they try and ruin my family and destroy my kids and no one from your family side step in and at least try to help me? I don't get it. And I'm depressed. Bunch of these Asians getting in my head asking me the same. So just curious what I should answer. Yikes. Asians. Yikes. Yikes. So You mean Chinese? Uh, yes, Chinese. Definitely the Chinese. Um, so Devin Archer is set to testify on Capitol Hill yesterday. The day before that, we have to remind our listeners, they were going to arrest him. The Department of DOJ wanted to arrest him and send him to jail. And I think social media caught wind of this. And the day DOJ on a Saturday had to release a statement that, no, they're not going to do that anymore, which, which is weird. And then we go to the actual hearing which was, of course, Mark, behind closed doors. Seems pretty fair, right? Um, but here's what we got out of it. And this is from Miranda Devine. Devin Archer's testimony today is bombshell. Hunter Biden's ex-BFF testified that the value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma was the brand and confirmed that then-VP President Biden brought the most value to the brand. Archer also stated that Burisma would have gone under if not for, quote, the brand. Devin Archer testimony, in December 2015, Mykola Zoliski, the owner of Burisma, in Vadim, poor I, I, Grando, you know me with these pronunciations, especially in Canadian, Pozarski, an executive of Burisma, placed constant pressure on Hunter Biden to help, to get help from D.C. regarding the Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin. Um, where am I? Shokin was investigating Burisma for corruption. Yes, yes. Shokin was, yeah. Um, Hunter Biden, along with uh, the two mentioned before, Zocheski and Pozharski, called D.C., quote, called D.C. to discuss the matter. Biden, Zolcheski, and Pozharski stepped away to make the call. And then it goes on to say, Devin Archer testified that Hunter Biden put then, <laughs> then VP Joe Biden on speakerphone during the business meetings over 20 times. Archer testified that Joe Biden was put on the phone to sell, quote, the brand. These phone calls included dinner in Paris with a French energy company and in China with Jonathan Lee of BHR. In spring of 2014, then Vice President Joe Biden attended a business dinner with his son Hunter and his associates at Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C. Um, Elena Bartunia, a Bart, yeah, Bart, Batterina. 
Baterina, whatever, a Russian oligarch who is the widow of the former mayor of Moscow, attended the dinner. Notably, the Biden administration's public sanctions list for Russian oligarchs does not include, how do you say her name, Mark? Baterina. Baterina. Um, and that's from a source familiar with the testimony. So that's what we got out of it. And what so you... selling the brand, what, what, what does that translate into? Uh, pay for play in simple terms, right? It would have to be. Yeah. Selling you... the brand tells me that that is, um, and this, these are Devin Archer's words, I believe, um, selling access to policy decisions and for influence. I don't know what else it can mean. Well, if you listen, and we'll get to this in about a minute, if you listen to CNN or MSNBC, watching them carry water for this administration and Joe Biden, it was, it was sad. I, 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 was actually, I was actually ashamed that this is, this is journalism in 2023. Um, but I want to just bring up a quick, this is a tweet from I meme, therefore I am, at I am meme zero. And he says, Gal Luft, Hunter Biden's Chinese partner, was charged and remains a fugitive. We Gabriel, talked about him on the show. Yes. Gabriel Popovicic, Hunter Biden's Romanian partner, charged, became a fugitive, and his sentence got suspended. Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's Ukrainian partner, charged and waiting to report to prison. Odd how every foreigner who was doing business with Hunter Biden got charged while Hunter keeps the money and never faces charges. And, and also, he failed to register as a foreign agent. And all these other people are, well, two of them are foreign nationals. Unbelievable. This is, this is from D.C. Drano as well. And there it is. Devin Archer has testified under oath that Burisma pressured Hunter and Joe to shut down Victor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Burisma. And Joe used a $1 billion loan from U.S. tax dollars as leverage to do so. Corruption. And he's a thousand percent right. And Mark, I'm going to give you a chance to say whatever, whatever you want on what we got so far. And then we're going to get into, as we said in the fastest two minutes, Biden's defensive coordinator, Representative Dan Goldman, who embarrassed himself for all of yesterday and into this morning. I mean, it, this is just, it, it's actually kind of so complex in a way that it's hard for the average person to understand without doing what we're doing right now and like going through all of this step by step. I, I, I don't know what else the media, the mainstream media needs or wants to hear. And, and it's just so many people out there just are just not aware of this, not aware of what's going on, not aware of the level of corruption. That's why it's so important for independent journalism and independent media to talk about these things. If this isn't a problem, the title of the episode here is episode 67 when the levy breaks. This could be the levy. I'm, I, this, this is going to be a problem for the Biden crime family all the way through next November. Okay. So whoever runs is going to be the Republican nominee for president, whether it's Trump or whoever else. I mean, this is all you should be hammering home and talking about. This is not going to go away for them unless Joe Biden decides not to run for president. 
then I think this gets kind of shuffled to the back burner with the focus being on the 2024 race. If Joe Biden was any kind of man, he would pardon Devin Archer. But we know that probably won't happen. I I will say... Those are my thoughts. I I will say this. I cannot believe, and I think we're going to cover this later, I cannot believe they actually impeached Trump for calling up Zelensky in 2019 and asking him about this. And President Trump was asking Zelensky about this. And they impeached Adam Schiff, impeached Trump over this. And then Trump even released a transcript. He released a transcript of the phone call between him and Zelensky. It's, uh, and they impeached him over it. He was trying to get to the bottom of this corruption and all the Dems rallied around Joe Biden and impeached Donald Trump over that phone call, trying to get to the bottom of this, what, four years ago almost? Four years ago. They impeach Donald Trump over a phone call to Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, for asking him to investigate the corruption involving Burisma. You heard that correct. Amazing. It's almost unbelievable. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, 2024 might turn into the Trump was right tour. I am telling you every, everything, everything. <laughs> yeah. um, but let's get into the, the post after he testified. Um, Representative Dan Goldman immediately ran out. And it was almost like 2019 with Adam Schiff. Who knows if he, what he's saying is even true. And same, same goes for the Republicans, I guess, because it's behind closed doors testimony. But um, I'm going to play this 55-second Dan Goldman clip talking about they – weren't, they weren't talking about business, he says. They were talking about the weather and dinner entrees. Statements saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden business associates. Clearly, he talked whether about the weather or whatever, but he says specifically that he's never talked to them. Does this contradict? I, I don't know what his comment is, and if we're gonna, well, I don't, I don't think that's what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to. I, I got to pause because we played it. People might forget, I got to remind you, because this is a lot of information. In the first minute of this episode, we played that he had no idea what, what he was doing in Ukraine and he never spoke to anyone about Ukraine. But so Dan Goldman's wrong there, but we'll continue with the clip. With Hunter Biden's business dealings, if he says hello to someone that he sees his son with, what, is he supposed to say, hi, son? No, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. It's kind of a preposterous premise to think that a father should not say hello to people that the son are at dinner with. The son is at dinner with, and that is literally all the evidence is. It's like a party trick that Hunter Biden used to impress the people he was with. Uh, okay, Mark, when I tell you, because I don't know if you've watched any of the clips yet, that this is going to get so much better and ridiculous. I mean, it's going to get so much better and ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> let's do another video. Is this the Morning Joe one? I don't know. Let's just play them all. With specifics, tell us these phone calls that were a matter of such a discussion yesterday. What were they about? What would what would then Vice President Biden say in these conversations? You know, walk us through what happened. Right. So let's put this in context. Bo Biden got very sick in early 2015. Died in the spring of 2015, which was right in the middle when Devin Archer 
um, had his, his business dealings uh, with uh, Hunter Biden. At that point, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden began to speak every day because they were both devastated by Bo's death. They spoke every day. The witness testified that over his 10-year relationship with Hunter Biden, there may be approximately 20 times when in one of those conversations, uh, Hunter Biden would put his uh, father at a dinner, not at a business meeting, at a dinner that he was having if he happened to get a hold of his father, and would ask his father to say hello to whoever was at the table. And that was essentially the extent of it. They didn't, he, it was unclear, and, and the witness testified, it's not me saying, but the witness testified that uh, a lot of times, most of the time, Joe didn't even know who the people were at the dinner table. So this was just simply, uh, this may have been Hunter's effort to say, hey, this is, you know, the vice president, this is my dad. But the critical part here for Congress, and that's what we have to make sure we understand, is that Joe Biden was doing nothing to benefit his son. So Congressman uh, used the word illusion a couple of minutes ago. And Congressman Comer, your chairman. Uh, we're going to... You have to be a sick son of a bitch to bring Bo Biden into this and saying that he was because he was dying of cancer in 2015, that that's the reason why him and Hunter were talking every day about these phone calls. Give me a break. That is absolutely deplorable. And who made this guy the spokesperson for the Biden crime family, by the way? Probably Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say I will say this. I completely I completely agree with you. But it's actually smart because they could play defense on this. Hey, you know, Joe, Bo Biden's been dead. They're, they're, they're going to play the emotional card. Do, do you see? That's, that's all they have left. They have to play the emotional yeah. card. It's, it's sickening. But what, what else would you do if you were them? <laughs> what, what a deplorable, deplorable media organization as well, like MSNBC is. I mean, that's what you're going to. That's what you're going to talk about? It gets better. So now they're going to say, you, you heard the narrative just evolve from he never, he didn't know what he was doing. Did he never spoke to anyone? Did he just said, hi, what kind of entree is that? Is that chicken or fish? So what's the weather like? So now it was just Hunter Biden was just selling the illusion of access to his father. As if it's a Siegfried and Roy Vegas magic show or something. Let me play this, <laughs> this last clip from, I think this is Morning Joe. Yes, it's Morning Joe. They don't have it yet. And even Speaker McCarthy last week sort of pushed back against this impeachment inquiry uh, momentum because he was like, look, we don't have evidence to go that far. And as far as Hunter Biden goes, there's no doubt. I mean, it's pretty clear, even those close to the Biden family suggest that some of his behavior is pretty unseemly. It doesn't make it illegal. And it also means we don't know the role that then Vice President Biden may have played. And it seems like, no, they haven't proven that he had anything to do with it. They haven't proven that he profited from this at all yet maybe he is guilty of turning a blind eye to some of his son's uh behavior and we should put this in context this is a time when Bo biden the president's other son was ill and then dying and then, and then passed away uh so perhaps he was not as attentive to what he should have been here but again there has simply been no evidence Gina, no evidence at all that he was profiting from this or he or that either of them committed a crime when it came to this, and we hear here from Jacob- just so you know that they have a they have a cry on, and then a, a, a AP thing in the background saying that Hunter sold the illusion of access. So they're really trying. They're really trying to to crawl into the the viewers' brains and get this narrative embedded in there. And other Republicans, it's wishful thinking. They're trying.
trying to create a scandal when there's no evidence that they have one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Or at least the appearance of a scandal, the, the sort of, uh, you know, smokiness of a scandal. This is where it's going to get good. Uh, and, and, and just create that atmosphere uh, without actual evidence and without an actual scandal. Um, because, I, you know, I think it's pretty clear, at least so far, there is nothing there. Uh, there is nothing there. Uh, you could certainly argue that at, at some point, if, if Hunter Biden put um, uh, President Biden on the speakerphone for like 20 times, um, you, you could certainly ask whether at some point he, uh, President Biden might have said, hey, Quit putting me on speakerphone. Uh, you know, are, are you having a business meeting? Like, what? What is that about? But, um, but the context is that uh, this was a, a, a sort of very fraught and and sad time for the Biden family, and uh, we know how important family is uh, to the president. And- Keep in mind, uh, you know how important family is to the president, but. He refused to admit that he had a seventh granddaughter until yesterday, which we'll get to later. I'm going to continue on. So, do you hang up on your phone, on your, on your side, uh, at, at any time, but certainly at a moment like that? And probably the answer is no. Uh, <laughs> they are really using Bill Biden as as the 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 lynch scapegoat, the cornerstone of, of this this defense. Yeah. My goodness. These people have absolutely no shame whatsoever. I I honestly, my jaw, I got to pick my jaw up off the floor. I can't even believe it. You like like Chuck Todd? We can play a Chuck Todd clip. Sleepy Chuck. Go ahead, play it. I I understand that, you know, you believe this is all all being uh, emphasized due to politics, the Republican the House Republicans are doing. Let me ask you this. Do you think it would behoove the president for him to come out and say, hey, I had no business dealings with my son. My son's issues are my son's issues. Do you think he needs to say that more directly? Because there's a lot of people that believe something, something else will happen. Here. Well, let's be clear about that point, Chuck. There's been a five-year investigation, five years, by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. Uh, this investigation started during the Trump administration. And they've come forward with not one shred of evidence um, tying President Biden to any of this. Uh, I am encouraged that in sharp contrast to President Trump, uh, you've just detailed his mountain of legal problems where President Trump is fighting and pushing back and obstructing. Hunter Biden's come forward, taken responsibility, paid his late taxes. Um, As you just discussed with Chuck Rosenberg, I think the hiccup Delaware District Courthouse will get ironed out pretty quickly, and I don't think President Biden needs to say anything more than he has. <sighs> now, one shred of evidence. <sighs> that's Chris Coons, by the way, was just talking. That's that's Joe Biden's. That's Joe Biden's boy. I think he's from Delaware as well. Uh, I I I don't know what to say, but that that's the narrative, the illusion. It's the illusion. Um, this yeah. is this is from CNN. This is right after the hearing. So Goldman's sort of explaining that Archer qualified um, the topics of discussion on these phone calls as niceties that Biden sometimes didn't even know who was um, on the other line with his son Hunter. And, you know, sources in the room telling CNN now that Archer did not point the finger directly at any sort of a connection between Joe Biden and his son's foreign business dealings. And rather, you know, um, said that he was 
that Hunter Biden was selling the illusion of Zen access. Or really a stunning development, Zach, when you consider that Republicans were selling this as, as a breakthrough that would link Hunter's business dealings with his father. Oh, he was just selling the illusion. Let me let me make a point here, because last episode, I believe it was, we said this is like Goodfellas, Casino, Godfather 2. Do you remember in Goodfellas, the beginning of the movie, how did Polly communicate his orders? Did did anyone call Polly directly on the phone? Uh, if you're asking me, not uh, not to my knowledge. No, what they would do is someone else would call someone else, and then that person would run to Polly and tell him the news in person. Do you right. see? There was never any. There was never any conversation between Polly on the phone and anything doing with criminal acts. There was always one degree of separation. Do, do you see the degrees of separation? So. Hunter separates Joe Biden from the crime. And my next question, does Joe Biden separate Obama from the crimes? It's, it's almost like a mafia. It's almost like how a mafia is set up. You, you could make that argument. You could also make the argument that Obama was okay with all of this. And he was just letting Joe do his own thing. You know, I mean, um, that's a good point, Mark, because he let Hillary Clinton have her own server in the house. Yeah. I mean, maybe that they were just, that was it. You know, it was like, hey, Joe, just do your thing. You know, don't worry about it. I don't know. But Obama is definitely the, the godfather in all of this, for sure. Um, but, you know, I, just to our listeners out there, the reason why we're playing all these audio clips is to show you what the media does to create these storylines, these these narratives to make you believe that this is all no big deal. I mean, <laughs> just, uh, we like to say on this podcast, just imagine, just imagine if this was the Trump family doing all this, going through all this. It would be wall-to-wall news coverage, the end of the world. I yield my time. They, they impeached him for asking about this. <laughs> it's not, it's, that's all the proof you need that you don't even have to so, imagine you we don't have to imagine need. anymore um mark mark we all like memes this is from 2019 newsweek this is an article from newsweek in october 3rd 2019 who is Devon archer ukraine gas exec in donald trump's nickelback look at this photograph meme and nickelback meme tweeted by President Trump and shared widely on social media, used a photograph featuring former Vice President and Democratic 2020 hopeful Joe Biden and his son Hunter golfing with Devin Archer. Golfing? Golfing? You don't golf over the phone. Who is labeled as a Ukrainian gas exec. The meme, which has been removed on copyright grounds, is seemingly intended to highlight the business links between the Bidens and Ukraine. Uh, I, I actually, I'm going to read one more paragraph because it's, it's insane to even think about in hindsight. Trump has been maintaining a Twitter offensive rally against the impeachment inquiry launched over his phone call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. According to a transcript summary by the White House, during the phone call, Trump appeared to ask Zelensky to investigate rival Joe Biden over allegations that the Democratic candidate worked to squash a corruption investigation into the Ukrainian business dealings of Hunter Biden. (laughs) And keep in mind, he was on video then. He was on video then saying, son of a bitch. They fired him. And if you go further down in this article, just for those of you that, you know, that some of you may know this already, but Devin Archer and Hunter Biden were managing partners at Rosemont Seneca, right? All right. You see how all of these 
people were in the same circles. Archer was also co-founder of private equity firm Rosemont Capital with Christopher Hines, his college roommate at Yale. Who is Christopher Hines, Joe? Well, that would be Teresa Hines Carey's son, also the uh, son of the late senator from Pennsylvania, uh, John Hines, I believe. So this is John Carey's stepson. Yes, you're right. Today. He had served as senior advisor to Hines' stepfather, Democratic Senator John Kerry, during his 2004 presidential bid. That was that would be Devin Archer. And we've said so, numerous times that that Mitt Romney and John Kerry both had sons that were doing the same thing as Hunter Biden. It just I, I, maybe we're mistaken. It was John Kerry's stepson. So correction. Yeah, sorry, sorry, we were we were wrong, guys. It's his stepson, not John Kerry's actual blood son. Um, it doesn't stop at Ukraine, though. Mark, it does not stop at Ukraine. I'm going to play you a clip from the debate in 2020. Not, I'm not going to, nothing to do with the Hunter laptop, I don't think. This is just Donald Trump telling Joe Biden, someday you're going to have to explain this. And this is from Quotes the Raven on Twitter. Joe got three and a half million dollars from Russia, and it came through Putin because he was very friendly with the former mayor of Moscow, and it was the mayor of Moscow's wife, and you got three and a half million dollars. Your family got three and a half million dollars, and, you know, someday you're going to have to explain why did he get three and a half. I never got any money from Russia. I don't get money. From I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. I have not taken a single penny from any country whatsoever, ever. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what you're talking about, China. I have not had a, the only guy made money from China is this guy. Is the only <laughs> nobody else has made money from China. There's no basis for that. Everybody investigated that. No one said anything he did was wrong in Ukraine. Well, huge. This is from the Gateway Pundit. Huge. Devin Archer testifies. Joe Biden met with Moscow mayor's wife in Georgetown, who wired three point five million to Hunter, and then Joe Biden kept her off the sanctions list. <laughs> Can you make this up? Do you see how that works? It's unbelievable. You know, someone said that, uh, I, I heard somewhere in the media, does, does Ukraine have a blackmail file? Are they blackmailing Joe Biden? I mean, my, my first thought to that statement, Joe, is what could be worse than com- this coming out? Like, this is out in the media now. Everyone knows that this, that this happened, that he was involved in these things, that he got this prosecutor, Victor Shokin, fired. What are they going to blackmail him for now? What could be worse than this? I don't know. Maybe something. But he's definitely compromised in, in at least two countries, China and Ukraine, if not more. Let's see. What's next here? Uh, I mean, we, we can read. We, we, we can play all the videos you want. We, we, can, we have all the clips. Jen, um, Jen Saki, we have... Kareem Jean-Pierre, they're all saying the same thing. Um, They're asked questions about it, and they dance around the answer. Um, No more clips for a second here, but who is this? Oh, It's amazing to me, Joe, that the lengths these people will go to defend Joe Biden and his family. It's truly amazing to me. Well, let's remember, because not too many people really like Joe Biden. It might not be Joe Biden they're protecting, and this is what I wanted to get to. This is clandestine. He just put it in better better terms than, than I ever could have. 
Let's not forget that Joe was a proxy for Obama. Joe was one level of separation, followed by Hunter as another level. The brand Hunter was selling was Obama's policy decisions, not Joe's. For any of this to happen, Obama had to be complicit in it. It doesn't stop at Joe. Well, I mean, you can make that argument. You could make that. I haven't heard anyone whole house down. This brings it all down. This brings the Obama this current administration down. The Obama administration. Is this is this why? Because this happened in late 2019. Is this why COVID got released accidentally from a lab, aka Wuhan wet market? Because this was coming out then. Elaborate on that. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I don't you're know. You're saying you... that this was COVID was a distraction to this. Not necessarily a distraction, but well, yeah, a distraction. It, it it came from China. There's bio labs in Ukraine. All of a sudden, all this stuff in Ukraine and China, this corruption is getting investigated in 2019. And then you have the biggest pandemic in the world coming out of where? China and Ukraine. Yeah. And now all this weird stuff. Obama's back in the news again. Which, let me... Do I, do I want to play this? I just... Uh, I'm sorry. The media did a disservice to us in 2007, 6, 7, and 8, when they refused to dig into Obama's past at all. Let me play, um, this is from John Rambo on Twitter. Does anyone know if this guy is still alive? I wonder if he paddleboards. I forgot this video until I saw someone play it on the brief. Um, President the limousine with $250, which was provided to him by me. Returned a short while later with an eight ball of cocaine, which he gave to me. I did ingest a couple of lines of cocaine, and shortly thereafter, Senator Obama produced a glass cylinder pipe and packet of crack cocaine from his pocket. Obama then smoked the crack cocaine. I performed fellatio on Senator Obama in the limousine during the time Senator Obama was smoking crack cocaine, after which I had the driver take me to my hotel, the Comfort Suites, Bernie, Illinois. Okay, now, I'm only playing that because... What? Yeah, uh, I forget the guy's name. He was he was the male prostitute that claimed in 2007 or eight, I can't remember when, that um, he had serviced Obama. And Obama did cocaine and crack and all kind of fun stuff. And then didn't we just find cocaine in the White House? Uh, all these people, they're all the same. They're all the same. What is going on in this administration, in the previous administrations? So... If Trump becomes president again, do you think that all of this goes away? Or do you think that, you know, they conduct some broader investigation into the Biden crime family? Uh, He doesn't. I'm done with Trump. I'll I'll say it right here, right now. I don't think I don't think Joe Biden is going to make it to 24. I I think there we've said we've said this for numerous episodes. It just it can't happen. They're going to have to get rid of Joe. They have no other choice. He's too much of a liability, not just for the Democratic Party, but for some of those in the Republican Party. It's a a unit party. I don't know how else to describe it. It's it's very complex and it's very confusing. But that's just the way it is in our politics. They're all criminals. At least I I would say 95% even. This brings the whole house down because like I said, people forget Mitt Romney's son was making elite money off Ukraine. Where was that going? What was that for? It ain't just him. All right. Let's talk about um, 
you know, speaking of the family man that he is, Joe Biden, who refused to acknowledge Hunter Biden's illegitimate daughter, Navy to um, an ex-stripper in Arkansas. I believe her name was London. Yes. So what do you think prompted this, Joe? They came out and made the statement the other day that they acknowledged the granddaughter. Uh, For those of you that don't know, um, you know, uh, Hunter Biden was trying to prevent his illegitimate daughter, Navy, from using the Biden last name. So all of a sudden, this comes out the other day that Joe Biden acknowledges his seventh grandchild, Navy Biden. And I thought to myself, this is kind of odd, the timing of this. What, what prompted this admission from the big guy? Joe, what's your take? Well, you, you can't have the narrative like they're saying on CNN and MSNBC that Joe Biden loves his family so much after Bo died that he just wrote off his granddaughter and said she yeah. couldn't even use the last name. It's, it's very simple. They're just a few weeks behind. They should have did this months or weeks earlier. Listen, listen to the audio. This is from yesterday, a couple of days ago. I have uh, seven grandkids, uh, four of them old, five of them old enough to talk on the phone. You know, every day I either text them or call them. Really? Just like your son, huh? I wonder if any, I wonder if Ashley Biden or any other older body grandchildren are doing any illegal activity after hearing that. Oh, man. This is, I, you know what? It's, it's this, thick. It's thick. This came out a couple of days after um, the Biden plea deal fell apart in court in Delaware. <clears throat> and I thought, was it, are they doing this to, to create some sort of sympathy? Or, And then I heard that maybe the, the, the polling was so bad on this issue for Biden that he needed to come out and acknowledge the granddaughter because – it was making him look worse by not acknowledging her. So, <clears throat> I don't know. This is this is the fact that, that he never acknowledged th- her for several years. Kind that's of- what I thought. I thought it was the polling, but when you think about it now, it's the narrative. They, the, the narrative that Joe Biden loves his family so much, and that's why he was talking to Hunter on the phone and saying hello on the phone, whenever he won't even acknowledge his granddaughter, won't fit. They're I mean, playing catch-up. He may- he may not have even – he may nev- have never met her before. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't be shocked if he's never met Navy Biden. Does but, feel bad? I mean, I don't know. I'm just pure speculation. I, I will say this. Maybe it's the, in the best interest of that poor young girl. <laughs> she will not get her hair sniffed. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He doesn't even know what she smells and there's no chance of him taking a shower with her. Not that he's ever done that. Oh, that's that's. But, uh, they they arrested James O'Keefe for supposedly possessing the Ashley Biden diary that he never had. Yeah. Because that was he was illegal uh, to possess. That. Uh, this is the Washington Examiner, and this is this is where it's going to start to go sideways for Biden because I wonder who told them they're allowed to print this. This is from Tiana Lowe Dosher. When you really love your son, you tell him the hard truths to turn away from sin. You tell him not to cheat on his wife with his sister-in-law. You tell him not to take ownership. You tell him to take ownership of his daughter, even if you don't love her mother. And 
I mean, this we, we could go through the entire. Okay, sorry, we got cut off there for a second. I'm not sure what you guys last heard, but uh, I read the, the Examiner article, and the title is, Loving His Son Doesn't Mean Enabling a Deadbeat Father's Dereliction of Duty. And I implore, all, we're just not going to have the time, I implore all of our listeners to read this from the Washington Examiner. They're, they're starting to all turn on Joe Biden, and he's going to be gonzo very soon. Because number one, he doesn't have a base. And number two, he's about to not have supporters. It's slowly but surely turning up. Um, there's another one. Hunter Biden is a geopolitical... Oh, let me read the freaking article. Hunter Biden is a geopolitical disaster. Let me see if it'll let me read it real quick. His Ukraine dealings corrupted our government. Oh, well, let me read it. His Ukraine dealings corrupted our government, impeached the president, and may have caused a war. And they're not wrong. This is the Wall Street Journal opinion. But it's probably truth. Mark, thoughts? I don't know. I, I go... Listen. I'm not going to sit here and critique what kind of dad Joe Biden has been. Um, you know, we've seen examples of fathers, you know, or parents in general enabling their children that have drug addictions and things like that. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and go into that. But, you know, you could also look at Bo Biden, for all intents and purposes, was a, a tremendous upstanding citizen who was very um, important in breaking up child trafficking rings and things like that. Um, as the attorney general in Delaware. Um, but this just, I don't know. I think the older Joe Biden got, you know, um, and especially when he, when he became vice president, it seems like that's when things started to go really downhill for his family. You know, whether he got caught up in the power of, of everything, um, whether he got deeper into the swamp of Washington, who knows, whether he got spells cast on him by the Clinton family, uh, we really don't know. But um, that's kind of where I'm at with, it, with this. All right. Um, well, this, this topic isn't going anywhere soon. Unless, unless we really get into another giant distraction or a world war, which we're edging close to. Um, so that's it for, for that topic. We're going to move on to hopefully the Democratic nominee in 2024, RFK. And Mark, do you want to tell our listeners that he was actually so, stormed at Gold's Gym? So, so we, had a, we had an RFK sighting uh, in Gold's Gym down in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Uh, just outside of Charleston, about 15 minutes outside of Charleston, by one of our friends of the program. And uh, basically, the story goes, he was our friend was working out in the Gold's Gym. He said he looked over to his right, and he said RFK was there uh, working out right next to him. He said he did a double take and was like, hey, what's up? You know, and RFK, um, he said RFK's not, you know, he's acknowledged him. Uh, he said, RFK's not uh, a very large man. We saw the one picture of him with a shirt off somewhere in California. Our friend basically said maybe that was Photoshop because he's not a very big statured person. He said he was in there with a T-shirt and jeans for maybe 15, 20 minutes, estimated. He said he then he uh, posed for a picture with somebody once some people realized who he was. He was by himself. 
He said he walked out of the gym, got into a car, and drove away. Who drove the car? Bobby Kennedy. That is RFK. absolutely amazing. So, so we were talking, and like, you know, our, our friend of the program was basically saying, you know, what's stopping somebody from just pulling up and in a van and abducting them or, or injuring them or causing serious bodily damage or even worse, who knows? We saw what happened with his uncle and his father. This man is polling at over 20% in the Democratic primaries right now. He's, a, he's a gaining followers and traction every single day, and yet he doesn't have secret service protection. But yet we have Hunter Biden who has Secret Service protection, like all children do, of, of, the, of the president. But we have someone who is a viable candidate for president, and apparently, literally the very next day, he put on Instagram his request for Secret Service protection. Has gone, um, you know, hasn't been, hasn't been granted by the Biden administration because I believe is the Biden administration. Ultimately, I think it's the DOJ, right? Joe, I'm not sure what it says in that post uh, that has to grant protection for certain presidential candidates. So do you have that post up, Joe? Or I think it's on Twitter as well. Go ahead and read that. I'll I'll read it. Since the assassination of my father in 1968, candidates for president are provided secret service protection, but not me. Typical turnaround time for pro forma protection request for from presidential candidates is 14 days. After 88 days of no response and after several follow-ups by our campaign, the Biden administration just denied our request. Secretary Mayorkas, this is him quoting, I have determined that Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not warranted at this time. Our can- and then this is unquote. Our, service- our campaign's request included a 67-page report from the world's leading protection firm detailing unique and well-established security and safety risks aside from commonplace death threats. I- I- it it amazes me, and I have to make a few points here. Number one, we just saw Hunter Biden's 30-car-long motorcade and secret service protection just to appear in court a few weeks ago. And Biden is polling at like 15% favorability. And the Kennedy name is synonymous with assassinations. Like, what are, are, this is why I say it's almost like they want him dead. And Biden is the, the shit shield to get all this stuff done because they can yeah. put on him and get him out of there at the end. I, I, well, if I was RFK, I'd be very, 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 very nervous. And I'd be pissed, too. They literally can kill your father and uncle and call you a conspiracy theorist about it. Um, so, did you see the community notes here underneath that? It um, says, Secret Service protection is only afforded to, quote-unquote, major candidates within a period of 120 days from the general election. It is, at the time of writing, it is 465 days until the general election, putting this request far out of range of the law. I don't I mean that's a community notes, so we'll go ahead and cite that. Um, but uh, like you said, I, 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 you can't give him Secret Service protection after what happened to his father and uncle. I mean, I know that was in the 60s, but still. I'll tell you this. I remember Obama got protection over a year prior. That's interesting, then. Very interesting, is it? Yeah. I, 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 would, I would, at minimum, hire my own security detail. Uh, Dan, so Dan Bongino made a very good point about that. Well, it can't hurt 
I mean, I guess I guess it can't hurt because maybe who knows who you're getting in a private security firm, but they don't have the same resources and assets as government. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, I was, I was not a Megyn Kelly fan for the past couple of years, but this is like a two minute clip. We'll, we'll play. I guess we're going to get into COVID now. We're, we're going to play some of RFK. And this is RFK saying a $200 billion enterprise would have collapsed if Fauci had admitted that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were effective against COVID. I'd call them criminal, but these people are much worse. Now I'm going to play the clip, but is this why they're not giving him secret service protection? Just let that sink in as I play the clip. Tony Fauci's problem is this. There is a little known federal law that says you cannot give an emergency use authorization to a vaccine if there is a medica- any medication approved for any purpose that is shown effective against the target disease. So if Tony Fauci or anybody had admitted that hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin are effective against COVID, it would have been illegal for them to give the emergency use authorizations to the vaccines and they could never have gotten them approved. And I would have been, you know, a 200 billion enterprise that would have collapsed. Um, That is fascinating. I mean, I I have been covering this very closely now for all of the two years. That's the first I've heard that, I mean, in your book. so he would not have gotten emergency use authorization for the vaccine if it, if the medical community had been saying ivermectin works, it is an effective treatment for COVID. Well, the medical community, a lot of it was saying that. I mean, there are 17,000 doctors who have signed a petition and there are, you know, there are so many peer-reviewed publications now that consistently say that, but he had to aggressively crusade against it to kind of drown out those reports by saying it's a horse medication, it's, you know, people are taking it and it's dangerous and it's overdosing people and, you know, why did he keep saying it? Why Why did he keep saying it after he got his authorization? Well, one, even if you have the emergency use authorization, it's, it, it, appears to say you can't have it anymore if there's a functioning medication. Does that make sense? Yeah. Perfect sense. Perfect sense. You know, back to RFK. Um, I wanted to mention uh, before we go on to this, um, you know, talking about his candidacy. Uh, Joe, do you see a path for him to become the Democratic nominee? Um... Okay, it's it's too early to tell because I, I'm under the firm belief that Biden will not be the nominee at the end. So I have to see who they replace him with. And I'm telling you, I, I would say Gavin Newsom, or people have called me crazy before, Michelle Obama. It would be Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. and Michelle Obama. So I'd have to see how he pulls with them. But they stole the, they stole the election from Bernie Sanders in 2016. What's to make you think that even if he was doing very well, they wouldn't just take it from him or just kill him like, like his dad, his uncle? There's, I mean, we saw Democrats, Democrats try to censor him on Capitol Hill in that congressional hearing, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I just don't see a path that he becomes the nominee for president. You're right. It's going to be, it might be worse than what they did to Bernie Sanders because they don't want RFK anywhere near the White House. And then uh, 
conversely, talking about him being a vice presidential candidate for Donald Trump. Um, from what I understand, that, that the rules and, and, and the way these things are set up, there's no chance of that happening, even though we believe that those two would dominate a general election together on the same ticket. Um, and then uh, additionally, I think he was asked whether he would be interested in serving in a Trump cabinet. And he said, well, that's something I'd have to give serious consideration to. So don't rule out Kennedy having a role at some point if Donald Trump were to become president. They've thrown out, you know, attorney general, um, you know, CDC director. What if Bobby Kennedy was the director of the CDC? How great would that be? That would um, be that would be great. Yeah, for some other sort of uh, cabinet, upper level cabinet position. So that's all I wanted to say with that. Um, but yeah, let's go back to what what you read. Let's not forget, like RFK being in a cabinet. They all think he's crazy, but. I have to remind our viewers because they probably don't know that Obama was flirting with the idea of having RFK Jr. as, oh man, was it food and drug? It was something. He was going to head something. Head of the FDA? It was, it was something like that. I'm telling you, um, this was like yeah, a few, was. Maybe, maybe a week after um, the election. He was figuring yeah. out who the captain was going to be. <laughs> it's amazing. But now he's, now he's a crazy person. Now he's uh, a crazy conspiracy theorist. And I, I was talking to one, um, uh, someone who I know who's a big, very big Democrat, I called him a crackpot. Crackpot. So that's what the Democrats think of him. But yet, he's polling at like, what, Joe, still still hovering at like 20%. I'm surprised he's not actually polling higher at this point. So that kind of concerns me. Yeah, but who knows if he could trust these polls. Yeah. Um, Suppression. All right, let's, uh, let's stick with COVID for a second here. This is from Thomas Massey. New documents reveal that the Biden administration pressured Facebook to remove and limit the sharing of true information about the side effects of COVID vaccines. Folks, this is evil. And I'm going to read another tweet from Colin Rue. The Biden regime basically rewrote Facebook's content moderation policy for them after the White House pressured Facebook to remove the vaccine side effects information. When do we admit the First Amendment doesn't exist? The Surgeon General, according to Facebook, pressured the company to, quote, remove true information about side effects. After continuous pressure from the White House, Facebook eventually caved and agreed to change their content moderation policies, meaning even true information could get censored. Facebook's leadership relented in August and agreed to the company's content moderation policies because the Biden, the Biden administration's continued pressure. Representative Jim Jordan explained. And there's a clip here, and I'll play the clip. <laughs> I remember watching this actually. Is he a maniac or is he a maniac? I mean, come on. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? I do remember that. I remember it very clearly. Um, yeah. You caused this, Joe. I know. It's all my fault. Do you think anyone that's not vaccinated ever regrets not being vaccinated? No. No, I highly doubt it. Highly, highly doubt it. Uh, I'd like to meet that person. Call into the program, please, if you are. Yeah. And then you could always just fix it right there. By, it's not like we're out of COVID vaccines. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get that later. Actually, let's, this is from one news page. Is the, the, 
it's I, I don't know um, how legitimate this news outlet is, but it said Robert Cadlick claims vaccine research caused COVID. Also, tick are tick bioweapons and vaccines to stop eating meat. Um, I'm not going to read the article because I don't know how true it is, but it's kind of crazy. And we're going to get to a few other articles here. Um, this is from Dr. Simon Goddick. Threat. Remember when they canceled millions of cancer screenings from appointments leading to a significant increase in avoidable cancer deaths while they perform ridiculous dance routines instead? Um, and he has like 20 pieces like this. Um, remember when the CCP released CCTV showing people collapsing on the street like sacks of rice, catching themselves with their hands just before impact and then shaking? They said it was one of the COVID symptoms that no one ever questioned it. Remember when big pharma shields like Peter Hodes told us that ivermectin was forced paced and potentially harmful? It turns out it could have saved millions of lives. Their true intention was to mislead the general public, and this needs to be criminally investigated. <laughs> this is a funny one. Remember when they separated cashiers and customers with large plexiglass screens, yet the cashier touched all the products the customer then took home? <laughs> There's so many of these that are good. Um, that, that should be like a new thing. COVID member berries. Um, I like that. I like that. How do you think that they coordinated with the media, Joe, Big Pharma, when you're talking about suppression of all of these things? Do you think it was, I mean, obviously, we, we don't, I don't believe that there would have been like, you know, emails being sent out um, where they would have had this in a writing. Do you think that something would have occurred like in closed door meetings or from like upper level management at the networks who may have been talking to Big Pharma, the executives? on how they want this covered or how do you, how did you, how do you think this went down? If I had to guess, I'd say just like Obama and Biden and Hunter, there was degrees of separation. Someone from big pharma would tell someone that was somehow maybe in advertising because I was sponsored by all these programs. So maybe point. there was a degree of separation there. And then a rep from the network would, would help say it during meetings. This is what we're going to say. This is how we're going to cover. This is the truth. And, and they might not know. They're just useful idiots, some of these reporters. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I like that. I like that explanation. Yeah, that sounds very, very plausible. Let's put it that way. All right. Um, we got to get through some of these other ones. We're, we're going to stick with – I'm just going to read some of these articles. This is from Zero Hedge. CDC at the precipice of recommended annual recommending annual COVID-19 shots, which I thought they'd say at the beginning would never happen. It was supposed to be a one-two dose and done. So now this is going to be just like the flu, just like the flu, apparently. Which, hey, whatever. And then this updated. This is kind of weird. Um, this is from Dr. Anastasia Maria Lou Lopez on Twitter. Um, an article from PrincipiaScientifica.com, NIH-funded study, just yeah, an NIH-funded study just vaccinated a human using a genetically modified mosquito. Another conspiracy theory that has come true. <laughs> so, okay, could that be it for COVID? No more COVID news, right? Wrong, Mark, because in California, like we said, in the fastest two minutes, they found 900 genetically engineered mice engineered to catch and carry COVID-19, supposedly, living in inhumane conditions. 773 of the mice had to be euthanized, and officials found another 178 mice already dead. We have a few questions. Why was a Chinese company making COVID-19 tests in California? 
Where were these tests to be used? California public health agencies? Medical groups and hospitals? Is the California Department of Health involved? Who authorized this lab? And that's from Died Suddenly on Twitter. Mark, do you have any answers to that? When I saw this, I thought, no way. No way. How'd they uncover something like this? You know, um, DC Drain was right here talking about if, if this was found in Beijing, there would have been a mass run-up of everyone involved in death penalties carried out within weeks. I, 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 I'm actually speechless. Like, I don't even know, like, what they would be doing with this. Like, how deep this goes. Like, what, what is the – how, how wide scale is this? I, I don't know. Uh, didn't they have a – weren't the Chinese operating a makeshift police station in New York City like a year yeah. or two ago? It was found. So are we actually run by China or something and we just don't even know it? How deep does this go? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of being serious here. This is, this, is a, this is a news article that in any other year would have been national news that, that stayed on there for, for days or weeks. All we're talking about is there's too much going on. We got Trump being indicted probably again in a few weeks. We got Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the Devin Archer thing. We got Ukraine war. We got China going into Taiwan. And now we got a COVID, Chinese COVID lab in California? What are you, what are you, I mean, there's only 24 hours in a day. This thing looks so, like, crude that I, I don't know what they could have been doing there. They were just, Weird. they were just asking about dinner entrees, I'm sure, yeah. in the weather. <laughs> Very strange. Very strange. All right, let's, um, let's step away from COVID for a minute. Do, uh, let's move on to something a little bit more less disgusting, I guess. How about um, transgenderism, Mark? What do you think? This is, oh, this, is from sure. Riley Gaines. this is from Riley Gaines on Twitter. Um, it's, uh, I don't know who the person is. Paula Scanlon, I believe she was a swimmer at the University of Penn that swam with that Leah Thomas. Uh, I'll just play her, her statement to Congress at a congressional hearing. Any of you already know this? What you do not know is the experiences of the women on the University of Pennsylvania swim team. My teammates and I were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six foot four tall biological male, fully intact with male genitalia, 18 times per week. Some girls opted to change in bathroom stalls and others used the family bathroom to avoid this. When we tried to voice our concerns to the athletic department, we were told that Leah's swimming and being in our locker room was a non-negotiable. And we were offered psychological services to attempt to re-educate us to become comfortable with the <laughs> idea of undressing in front of a male. To sum up the university's response, we, the women, were the problem, not the victims. They had to be re-educated, like it's a Soviet Russia. <laughs> I don't even know, I don't even know what to say about that. I just feel like I had. I had a duty to play that for our listeners because there are some people out there that think this transgender thing is fine and dandy and okay, not necessarily on children, but to just use, be able to use the same bathroom as women. And I just, it's just perplexing to me. Do you, do you no. want to talk about transgenderism? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, so, so she's talking about, 
Leah Thomas. Is that correct? Yes. The six foot four swimmer that was in the top five thousand or something, and then I, and all all of a sudden switched switched genders, and was the number one swimmer, NCAA champion, baby. That's amazing. I mean, South yeah. Park was so it's 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 insane. South Park was so ahead of this. Oh yeah. Ah. Um. Okay. So, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't do transgender anymore. Pride months over. It's actually. Other Pride Month's over. July Pride Month's over, too. So it's August. It's hot. I'm, I'm just over over the transgender. Let's move to war, I guess. Ukraine, where I guess women can fight in Ukraine if we ever go to war there, because everything's just the same now. There's, there's, no, everyone's, there's no difference between male and women anymore. This is Douglas McGregor, who I actually love. Um, he's going to be my source on Ukraine that I go to. Um, and he's talking about the destruction of the Karakova Dam and who is responsible. What is your uh, latest uh, view from open sources and from your own sources about the cause of the explosion in the dam and uh, in eastern Ukraine about 10 days ago? And who suffered more because of it, uh, the Russians or the Ukrainians? Well, the consensus appears to be that the Ukrainians did it. Uh, And I'm told that it actually was approved, if you will, for demolition by Victoria Newland, ah. which is kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and again, you know, you're, you have the intelligence officers. I think they probably said something similar. Yes, but they as far as, But as, as far as who benefits, well, Ukrainians certainly did not benefit from this at all. But I think it probably assisted the Russians because it, it, it created a situation where they had less to defend, obviously. And their left flank was effectively invulnerable to amphibious assault, even though I think that probably would have resulted in still more Ukrainian casualties. With something of this magnitude, uh, I guess if if Victoria Nuland was involved, I was going to ask you if Washington approved. That that answers that question. If she was involved, Washington would approve of something like this. Does she, who is not a military person, get in, as far as you know, get involved in the minutiae? Uh, of uh, military strategy? I, I have no way of knowing that, Judge. Uh, I'm just telling you what I was told by the sources that I trust. And it seems reasonable that if you're going to take a big action, any sort of big action, you're going to send uh, your special operations forces into Russia, try to assassinate someone, fly drones into the Kremlin or something, you're probably going to uh, ask your sponsors in Washington, what do you think? And that means that she's going to be involved. She's been okay. I think we covered Victoria Newland a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Wasn't that also reported by um, Seymour Hirsch as well? Yes, yes. Yeah. I think you sent me that. And um, Seymour Hirsch, yeah, did he said that the United States? What was it? Uh, they took out the dam, and they took out something else too. They were part. No, there was two explosions on that bridge. Nordstrom too. Let's not forget about Nordstrom. Yeah, there were two explosions on that bridge in Crimea, um, one of which uh, blew up a family uh, and a 14-year-old girl, and the United States was responsible for both of these things happening, and uh, led by um, the capo Victoria Newland. Amazing that she her name surfaces again in Good something term. Ukraine related. Honestly, amazing. Good term. She is she is a capo. Who's the consigliere? Yeah. 
<laughs> if this administration, who knows? Probably someone we never heard of. It might be Hunter Biden, honestly, at this point. He's not a wartime. He's not a wartime consigliere. Oh, fuck. Hunter, Hunter's not the consigliere. He's, he's Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. the, deadbeat, the, de- the deadbeat with a drug problem who gets whacked <laughs> by Tony at the end of the series. So keep an eye on that storyline. You can't, you can't take me to the hospital. I'll never pass a drug test. You can't take me to court. I'll never pass a drug test. <laughs> what if this administration just one big parody for The Sopranos? It, well, it can be. It can be. Um, yeah. Let's let's stay on the war topic here. This is from what's his name, Simon Atiba. Simon, uh, Simon, yeah, Simon Atiba. Yeah, this guy. He is the. Uh, uh, if you can recall, we've talked about him before on this on this show. He is the African um, journalist reporter uh, who attends all of the White House press briefings, but never gets called upon by Karine Jean Pierre. And then he, of course, goes to Twitter and talks about it there. But, yeah, so he would be the probably one of the, the leading voices on the situation going on in Africa right now. This is, I, you know, I think Africa probably gets overlooked because some of these countries are probably, you know, very poor or they're just, you know, not in the news. We don't consider them, you know, power players in Europe and, and, and Asia. But we have going on right now in, in places like Burkina Faso, Niger, um, some of these other countries. Joe, I mean, you have basically – coups going on over there right now uh, uh, and not, not we, basically we, there is yeah, a coup in Nigeria. Yeah, there is a coup yeah not basically does france or the united states have any role in this or is this just the will of the people all i could tell you and you could figure it out for yourself audience i believe france gets about a third or close to half of its energy from sources in niger um niger and that would be uranium yes that would be uranium now was it Someone in Nigeria's government, they had, they had a video of him just sobbing uncontrollably and wiping his eyes. Apparently, they gave him 40 hours to tell where the country's stolen money went or else they were going to execute him. I don't know. I mean, I'm not there. I can't say for sure if it's 100% true or not, but it looked real to me. And this is now coming from Simon Atiba. Breaking. Niger's neighboring countries, Mali and Burkina Faso, vow to go to war against the U.S.-backed African Union and ECOWAS if they use force in an attempt to reinstate the ousted president of Niger. Um, Niger. What is ECOWAS? I don't know what that stands for. Um, but I guess they issued an ultimatum to the soldiers in Niger demanding the reinstatement of Niger. the deposed leader or face force. They also imposed sanctions supported by the United States, Secretary of State um, Anthony Blinken, and the U.S. ambassador of the U.N. have spoken to the deposed leader and called for his immediate reinstatement. But now Burkina Faso and Mali, both in West Africa, say they will join forces with soldiers in Niger to fight the African Union Niger. and ECOWAS forces if they use force. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> economic community of West African states. So uh, apparently there's 15 countries in ECOWAS. I, I mean, Basically, I'm, it's like entirety of West Africa, I mean, for all intents and purposes. I mean, these countries have been taken advantage of for, for years. But then you have countries like Russia and China. They do the same thing. Don't get me wrong. But at least they build roads for the people and stuff like that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, you're looking at like countries like Ghana, Gambia, um, Liberia, Nigeria, um, Sierra Leone, places like that. Okay, so to our listeners, watch. Keep an eye Senegal. out in Africa and keep an eye out in France, too. Those two places. Um, and then speaking of deposed leaders, let's, let's move topics here, Mark. 
Trump, I'm telling you, and this has come out in the news, uh, not yet right now, Team Trump prepares for potential indictment in special counsel's January 6th case coming live on CNN right now. He's going to get indicted for this. Mark, I told you this privately. I think they're going to put him on house arrest. I, I think it's going to be like a crazy bell or something. Maybe something insane, like a billion dollar bell or 500 million. And they're going to put a former president on house arrest. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's like, it's like they want to, it's like they're trying to provoke a civil war. If that happens. We said that in the first I mean, episode, we said that in the first episode, that was the quote, they want a civil war and they're going to get a revolution. And, and that was the exact quote from episode one. Great, great point to make there. I told you how stupid are they? Because every time that they indict him or charge him with something, his popularity goes up. And it, <laughs> this one would be, uh, I'm still worried about him. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm still worried that they are going to use all of their power to send him to jail. So he is not the president, the nominee for the Republican Party in 2024. I'm like 30 to 40% in that camp that I believe that. Um, I hope it's not true because I think the more, the, the more they charge him, the more they indict him with these things, the more people see this is a legit, this is, he, he actually said it, this is harassment. It, 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 at the very least, it's harassment. I watched his rally in Erie on Saturday. At, I think it was the West Banco Arena or something like that. I mean, the place was packed. The electricity and the atmosphere was just off the charts. I mean, if anyone thinks that he still doesn't have it, you're wrong. Because he was incredible at this rally. He actually called Joe Biden the dumb son of a bitch. No one else has what he has, what he's able to do. The crowd's able to bring the, the energy uh, even R- and I'm a big RFK fan. He's not able to do that. There's no one on the left side that's able to do that. And there's no one really say what you want about Ron DeSantis. I like what he did with COVID. I like what he did as governor, but he can't do that. At least not now. I am going to make a statement here. I was thinking about this actually Saturday while I was watching this rally. Is Donald Trump the biggest political star? in the history of American politics? Um, if you're asking me, I'm, I'm biased, so I say yes, but it, it's going to be like LeBron James, Michael Jordan, because Obama was very big and JFK was kind of big when TV first came out and FDR was very big when radio first came out. So those are like the big four, I guess, and you'll never know because they, they were never in the, the same time period. But I would say in 10 years... It's going to, you'll look back 20 years from now and you'll say it was Donald Trump. Yeah, the biggest political star. Those are, those are four good people to compare him with in terms of, you know, uh, his, his status in the status and the hype uh, around somebody that's involved in politics. I, I, I just look at these crowds and I look at the energy and I look at the people involved and I, and I think to myself, Joe Biden couldn't get 500 people in this arena. Yet Donald Trump lost Erie County. And I was just flabbergasted thinking about that, watching this rally Saturday. 
it's just – I don't know. But if they put him on house arrest, <laughs> that would be an absolute disaster. Um, so he's not allowed to leave his house. Basically. I'll say this. and I, I told you this privately. I think it could be a good thing, maybe, because – if something happens in Ukraine or, or something or, or China makes a move on Taiwan, Trump is out of the news cycle, completely out of the news cycle for the first time since 2015, completely out of the news cycle. And the spotlight is on this administration and all the wrong they've been doing. But the, the reason you're going to see him on house arrest, too, they have no choice. He can't go on these rallies like this on what I said earlier, the, the Trump was right tour and say, look, I said this in 2019 about Hunter and Burisma. And they impeach me for this. It's, I, I don't know if they ever realized how bad it would get for them. The, the, the yeah. deep state or whatever you want to call them. I didn't know. I don't think they realized it would ever get this bad and this terrible for them. There's, there's, there's nowhere for them to turn. And there's, there's yeah. no stories for them to like make up anymore about Trump. All they can do is indict him on bogus charges. And this one is going to be in D.C., Mark. And I'm not going to lie. It makes me nervous because there's no chance he will get a fair trial in D.C. No. No. The, the best they could probably do hope for is that if he is found guilty, which he probably will be, of whatever they charge him with, to appeal it, you know, and just go through the appeals process, and hopefully he becomes elected president. You know. Can you pardon yourself? I guess. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Um, that would be uh, maybe a possibility we're talking about down the road one day. It's crazy that that's even like a, a scenario. Like if you would have said this something like this in politics in like two thousand and eight, nine, ten, before, you'd have been labeled a crazy person, and right, rightfully so, rightfully so. Yeah. Oh, we live in strange, strange times. You want to get the aliens? That we do. You want you want to move on to aliens? Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's yeah let's end it with aliens. Okay, so I'm going to do the aliens one first. This is from Bernie's tweets on Twitter. Climate doom, congressional hearing on aliens. So, aliens wrote a letter saying our air and water is contaminated. I, I, oh my goodness. Seriously, this is the worst bit of incoherent nudging ever. Even the media knows they can't pull this off. And I'll play it. If you'll indulge me, I'd like to read two pages from advice from the extraterrestrials. Yes, it's true that we have been in contact with your government and heads of power. It's also true that we've been in contact it is also true that agreements have been made and kept secret from your people. It is also true that in the past, some of your people have lost their lives or have been badly hurt to protect the secret. Our hands had no part in this. We contacted your leaders because your planet is in grave trouble. Your leaders said the vast majority of your population wasn't ready for anything like us yet. So we made time agreements with your leaders as to when your people would be made aware of our presence. Your air, your water are contaminated. Your forests, jungles, trees, and plant life are dying. There are several breaks in your food chain. You have an overwhelming amount of nuclear and biological weapons, which include nuclear and biological contamination. Your planet is overpopulated. Huh. Warning, it is almost to the point of being too late. Now that sounds, just for, for context, this is an old video. It's from, I think the reader is 
Paul Hellier, who died in 2011. Yeah, these yeah um, and the text he's reading dates back to 1995. So, but still, are they really going to try to blame, are they really going to try to say that aliens are telling us that climate change is real? Lower the population. Is that is that what they're getting at here? The guy was reading with such a serious, straight face, too. I know. Oh man. But okay. This speaking on the topic of aliens. This is from the Guardian. This is just a couple hours ago. Search for Voyager two after NASA accidentally sends wrong command. Um, so I guess a dish in Australia deployed is deployed to find interstellar spacecraft after flight control put the antenna away from Earth. I, I don't know what's going on. How do you lose Voyager 2? <laughs> they shifted the, the antenna, I read, 2%, which caused it to lose contact. I mean, it's in, think about it. It's like, what do they say, 12 billion miles away. The fact that we can even yes. communicate with something that far away is kind of crazy. It makes me, after everything, after everything with COVID, it makes me think it's kind of fake. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Right. Uh, oh, man. All right. Well, there's one more thing we have here. I don't know if we're going to have time for disclose, but this is you. I don't think you like this. I, I like DC Drano. At the same time, I like Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, DC Drano hates him. But this is directed at DeSantis. Um, and it's from Charlie Kirk. DC Drano. Um, the newly released New York Times Siena poll should have confirmed what many of us have suspected for months. The GOP primary is over. I like Governor DeSantis, and I have tremendous respect for him as a man and a governor. I consider him a friend, and I believe he's America's greatest governor. As such, I have refused to get in the mud and attack him. He's a great American. I want to remain a dominant political player for years and decades to come. But his campaign has failed to gain traction. Uh, yes, Trump will be facing four to five indictments, but the American people see through them as a political witch hunt they are. Um, what does he say? Where does he say that he should throw all of his weight behind what am I getting out here? I don't agree with this at all. He wants them to take his campaign money and yes. give it to Trump. Yes. I mean, no one, no one in their right mind would do that. No, you're right. Just stupid. It's a stupid comment. But if he did do it, that would for sure unite the entire Republican Party. Yeah. But I don't think I, I, I don't think it's time for that yet. If I'm even if I'm DeSantis and I'm not really, I'm, I'm still pro-Trump. I would still wait if I was him. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You're already, you're already, you know, there's nothing, you, you can't go, you can't go any worse. It's only really can go on. I'm telling you, the only reason they're, they're staying in this race is because there's a chance that Donald Trump's not going to be the nominee. What, I mean, also, I mean, next year's a long way off. I mean, we're talking March of next year. I mean, that's like seven, eight months away. So why don't you drop out now? You know, I mean, unless you're just going to keep hemorrhaging cash and people want to keep giving you money, then yeah, you're going to stick around in the campaign. But if you're, you know, push may come to shove eventually, but it's probably not right now. I heard on like Ben said, that they think, they think that the Santa's campaign will be out of money by the end of September. I, I, I find that hard to believe. I find that hard to believe, but Ben has been right about a lot. I mean... I just we said it last episode. I just don't get it with him, you know. For his, you know, electric as he is as a governor in Florida, it's like he's just awkward at this point. It's weird. So. All right. Well, that, that's all I have. 
Yeah, I think that was a, that was a lot, man. I'm I'm like sweating. My my wife had to tell me to calm down and relax this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got to. Um, we will be back possibly in two weeks, I think. Uh, I will be down at the House of the Mouse next week uh, for a little end of summer trip with the family. So we'll be. Uh, exchanging pleasantries with Bob Iger and all of the Disney people down there. So um, great episode, Joe. Uh, you put in a lot of work for this one. Don't forget, follow us on uh, TikTok uh, at thinking logically underscore. Correct. Right yes. Correct. correct. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners. Continue to share this out. Uh, we are not backing down from these culture wars anytime soon. So we appreciate everyone listening and, uh, we will see you guys again in uh, the near future. Joe, take us home. Okay. Remember what the title of the episode is, guys, when the levy breaks. There's a lot of information coming out. All of it's bad for these supposed, and I quote, deep state actors um, in our country. Whether it's COVID, Hunter Biden, Ukraine, our country's terrible dealings in Africa, Nord Stream, it's all coming out in there's going to be no way to stop this. They're not going to be able to stop this information coming out. What are they going to do? I don't know. But the levy's about to break. And when the levy breaks, there's going to be no place to stay. That's all. Thank you very much. It's been Thinking Logically. Have a great day. <laughs>